0: to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Today, we are going to be continuing our series on the Exalted Christ. And uh, God is good, amen? Have you been blessed by the Exalted Christ series? It has been such an incredible uh, time of just seeking the Lord and hearing from God. And you know, The Exalted Christ series is all about Jesus coming and revealing himself to us as the Exalted Christ. And uh, today, I want to continue in chapter 6. Last week, if you weren't here, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to the sermon online from Pastor Toledo. He spoke on how Jesus revealed himself as the bread of life. And he revealed himself as the bread of life. And in that passage, Jesus said something that was very hard. He said, you can't be my disciple unless you eat my body and drink my blood. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear something like that, I say, "Uh, Jesus, did you mean to say that? (laughs) You sure about that one? But I don't know. You know, as I read through the Bible, oftentimes there's things in the Bible, and I don't fully understand them. I don't fully get it, but I always know that God is trying to teach us something, and so today, we're going to be looking at what does it look like, and how do we follow Jesus when it's hard? Has anyone ever been through something hard here? Okay, a couple of us. I don't know about you guys, but... Every time I go to the gym, it's hard. And every time I go to the gym, I'm like, why am I here? Why do I do this to myself? You know, you, get, you, get, you do whatever you do, run, bike, and lift, whatever it is, and, and, and there's this, this, this feeling like, man, this is hard, and I think I want to quit. I think I want to quit. And sometimes I see some of you at the gym and, and it encourages me because I'm like, Well, I can't quit in front of somebody I know, you know. It's just like but uh sometimes when you're at the gym, I, I was just talking to Sydney who um is an athlete and, and he was talking to me and he's like, you know, in in sports and in, in working out, what happens is your body has to go to a place of fatigue. And actually your muscles, in order to grow, they have to be pushed to their limit. And what happens is there's actual little micro tears, he said. Is that right, Sydney? Micro tears? Okay. Micro tears. I just don't want to give you bad science. Micro tears that actually tear your muscle so that it can rebuild itself and become stronger. And, you know, in your walk with the Lord, one of the things that happens is sometimes there are things that come that are really hard. They're really hard, and they come sometimes they can even make you question Am I doing the right thing? Is this worth it? Does does God see what's happening here? Are all the things that, that I thought were true, are they really true if this is happening? And sometimes life can get hard, and the temptation can be to leave. But today, I believe that Jesus unfolds the secret on how to follow Jesus, even when it's hard. Even when it's hard. So let's read this passage together. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? You know, sometimes Jesus says things that are hard, and then sometimes he brings you things through things that are hard, and I find that the two are actually interconnected. It's just a little note. This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? I know no one in this room has ever been offended. But Jesus called them out. Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered. You know, Simon Peter, he gets a bad rap, but he did say some pretty good stuff. (laughs) Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray that right now you would speak to us. We ask, oh God, Lord, that you would reveal who you are to us. God, we know that we can't understand everything on our own, oh God, And we know in this lifetime we will not understand everything, but Lord, we do want a fresh revelation of who you are. So God, we're asking that in this passage and in this moment, in these brief moments that we have together, I pray that we would get a hold of you, God. I pray, oh Lord, that we would take a hold of of your presence and that we would see you for who you are. That we wouldn't be caught up with the circumstances in our life, but that we would be caught up in the glory of God. I pray, oh Lord, that you would show us who you are in a new way, so much so that it gives us the grace to go to a new place. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today, what I want to look at and really what I want to focus on, the, the main truth here today, is that... Following Jesus requires revelation. Following Jesus requires revelation. A lot of the times, we think that following Jesus requires an explanation, but that's not true. Following Jesus requires a revelation. What is revelation? What do, we, what do we mean when we say revelation? Put up this, this uh, there's a, uh, a definition I found of revelation. It says, God the creator actively disclosing to men his power and glory, his nature and his character, his will, ways, and plans, in short, himself, in order that men may know him. And That's a lot, but essentially what it's saying is revelation is getting a deeper understanding, a, a, a vision, if you will, of who God is so that you can know him deeply and intimately. A revelation is God revealing himself to you. It's him teaching you about his character and about his love and about his mercy and about all of the things that come along with his glory. Revelation is seeing things totally differently. Because when you see God differently, you see everything differently. When you get into the presence of God, and you see God, you become like him. With ever increasing glory. The closer you get, the more you understand. So, Let's look at this passage. I I think that there's some things, you know, I I don't know about you, but how many of you in this room want a revelation today? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Some of you, that was like a half clap. We'll assume that by the end of the message, everyone will agree with that. Just kidding. No, seriously though, there are some things that, that hinder us from getting a revelation. So what is it that hinders us? The first thing that we see in this passage, let's look at it. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The first thing is that offense blocks revelation. You know, there's so many different ways that someone could be offended, and I know that it's, it's a hard thing to talk about, and it's definitely something that all of us recognize in other people. Offense is a little bit harder to recognize in ourselves because if we acknowledge that we're offended, then that means we know we're not supposed to be offended. And so we kind of say, well, you know, we make excuses and we get a little bit embarrassed because we know we should be bigger than that and all those sorts of things, right? But here, Jesus calls them out and he says, hey, guys, you're offended. What does it mean to be offended? In this passage, literally the meaning is to cause to stumble, okay? So you're walking and you trip and fall. And you know what, last service, this paperclip clip was so distracting to me, I couldn't focus, and so it tripped me up, right? Now, I'm being serious, but so now when you're, when you're walking, you get offended by something and it causes you to stumble. It causes you to stumble. So uh, the other day, I was home by myself praise God, and um, I, um, I, there was this gymnastics mat on the ground, and me and my wife, we've had this, you know how like there's certain things that um, you, you talk about with your spouse a, a lot, and, um, and it's sometimes, it's just like there comes this point where you're just like, you know what, I think we're done having this conversation no fruit comes from this conversation, so we're done, so one of the things for me is that, I don't know why, but I can stand mess, but I need to have a pathway somewhere, <laughs> so if something is in the pathway, so like, if, the, if I open a door and something's there, it's like, I get into the flesh immediately, you know, so anyways, I was at home, and my kids love to play with these gymnastic mats, and uh, they do that because they're my daughter's in gymnastics and so on and so forth. And my, my boys like to throw each other to the ground. So the I'm walking and this gymnastic mat is super thick. And so sure enough, I, it was dark and I trip over this thing. And I totally just, I, I mean, I, I eat it. It was, it was bad, okay. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, who put that there? I mean, I know who put it there. But I was like, this is crazy, you know. And sometimes you're walking in one direction. You trip and you fall and it hinders you from growth. It hinders you from forward progress. And so when you trip over something, one of the things that you have to do is you gotta quickly get up and keep moving. Am I right? You gotta quickly get up and keep moving. And so here we see that the disciples were offended. Well, how are, what are some ways that we can get tripped up? Here's a few that I've, that I've, um, that I've found. And uh, this is not an exhaustive list. There's probably more, but here, here's some that we can look at. The first one, Intellectual offense. Sometimes you could talk to someone and they could say, oh, you know what, I don't have enough evidence to believe in God. You know, I I just, I can't, uh, That there's not enough proof and all these different things. And and they say things that cause them to say that God doesn't exist or or whatever. And um, oftentimes, it's always important though for you to realize, I believe that nine times out of 10, when people say that they have an intellectual offense, it's actually a smoke screen. Because, just, think, just walk with me here for a moment. In order to believe anything, you have to have faith. In order to believe it, be an atheist, you have to have faith. In order to believe in evolution, you have to have faith. In order to believe in Islam, you have to have faith. It doesn't matter what you believe, you have to have faith. Why? Well, Because none of us have exhaustive knowledge about everything. And so you have to assume that the things that you don't know don't negate the things that you do know. You have to have faith. So faith is something that has to say, we believe beyond this. You know, I know I'm I'm skipping ahead, but I want to read a quote to you that Erwin Lutzer, uh, Dr. Erwin Lutzer came and spoke at our prayer meeting not too long ago, and listen to what he said. He said, we want a God who doesn't embarrass us. And he said this also, he said, our kids are not convinced out of faith, they are shamed out of faith. You know, a lot of the times people say that they have have intellectual hang-ups, but the reality is, is that. Most of the time, they're embarrassed to stand against the, the, the crowd, the, the group of people that are, that are going in one direction, and, and they, they don't want to stand out. They, we want to be a part. We want to be known. We want to be a part of a group. And oftentimes what happens is sometimes when we can't explain something, someone asks you to explain something that you don't fully understand, you get embarrassed, and it becomes an offense. The next one. The next one is that there's emotional offenses. Sometimes it just you, you run into something and it just hurts too much. You're like, God, if, if you really love me, you, I don't, would you have allowed this to happen? If if God was real, then why did my lo- wife leave me? If if this is if I'm if God is who he says he is, then how come my, my husband walked out on me and what, what about all of the, 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 diff, the challenging circumstances that I've had? Why didn't I get better parents? And all these different things can swim through our minds and we can be offended emotionally. It can cause us to keep God at arm's length. Because we say, God, I can't trust you because I'm offended that you would allow this to happen to me. Sometimes there's moral offense Sometimes we look at something and we say, God, that's just not right. If you're who you say you are, how could you allow this to happen? You know, there's a lot of challenging things in the Bible and I don't understand them all. There's a lot of challenging things that I look out in life and, and you know, I've, uh, as I listen to people's stories, I'm like, God, that, how, how? But you know what? How many of you know God is good? God is good. We don't always see how, but God, he's good. It never changes. Sometimes we get immoral offenses. Other times there's a relational offense. You know, God, if you, if you love me like you said you would, you would have done this for me. God, I've you know, I, I've been doing all these things right and you haven't come through on what you said you were gonna do for me and you get emotionally, uh, excuse me, you, there's a, a relational uh, offense that we have towards God because we say, God, I thought that you were taking care of me and you feel like God has abandoned you. You feel like God has left you. Can I encourage you today? Don't allow the hard things in life to offend you. Don't allow the hard things in life to offend you. We don't understand everything, but I can assure you, God didn't leave. Whatever you went through today, however dark, however dirty, however painful, God never left you. He never left you. You know, the other day, I was talking to someone... I was talking to a gentleman, he was from Belgium, and, uh, and I was talking to him, and I said, hey, you know, how you doing? We just struck up a conversation, really nice guy, and uh, we just started talking, the, the conversation, I kind of d- drove it towards God, and, and uh, he's like, you know, I don't, I don't need religion. I don't need God. I, I think that if, if people are, are good, and they're generally good. It's like, you believe this, and that's fine. I'll believe this, and that's fine, as long as we're good to each other, and as long as, as people, you know, are, are, they don't harm each other. And I said, okay. And uh, I was like, well, I don't really see it like that, you know, because of this, that, and the other. And he's like, well, you're young. You don't understand. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> and, uh, So he's like, you just haven't lived through life, and, uh, you know, you you don't really know what's going on. And I said, well, I think there's something else that you should take into consideration. I said, so tell me, who determines what's good? Because if this person says that they're doing good, and this person says that they're doing good, and they disagree then we're in trouble, and if I'm going off of this person's moral compass and this person's moral compass, then, you know, how do we make sense of everything, and how do you know that the person who's a terrorist doesn't think that they're doing good, because I assure you that they do, and he said, you know, he obviously, he didn't really have an answer, and I wasn't trying to win an argument, I was just trying to point something out to him, and I said, well, you know, I said, why don't you tell me about yourself? Like, tell me what happened, like, why, why do you feel that way? He said, well, when I was young, I was dating a girl, and we started to go to church together, and she got cancer, and we were at the church, and the church started to pray for her, and the church told us she's going to get healed. And uh, they, we prayed and prayed and prayed, and we sought God. And she ended up not getting healed, and she passed away. And I came to realize that this man was not offended intellectually. He was offended emotionally. He had been hurt because he says, God, if you're good... If the Bible is true, then how could you allow something like this to happen? And instead of pressing into that question, instead of saying, God, I want to understand at a deeper level, he said, I'm going to back off. I don't want this. It's too hard. I don't have to tell you this, but life is not easy. Life doesn't always make sense. Life doesn't always add up. And we don't have... All the details. We don't have. You know. We know the end. Okay. We know the end of the story. We know how it turns out. And that's why we have faith. But all of the steps in between. We don't have full disclosure on. And so for us. We have to accept by faith some things. And we have to hold on. To what God has said. In the light. Even when it's dark. You know. uh, I know that we do this sometimes, sometimes it's like we just, we, we can't accept it, we can't receive it because we don't, we don't know, we, we don't know if like we're missing something, if there's something out there that's like better. So I have, I have an addiction. I, I need to be honest with you. I am addicted to key lime pie. <laughs> I love it. There's a deep love in my heart for key lime pie. And so when I'm you know, every once in a while, I, and I'm allergic to it. Did I say that? I'm allergic to it. So every once in a while though, I break down and I say, no matter the cost, key lime pie, you know, and it's like, and, and I, I go and I, so just recently I got, I got this key lime pie and I put it in the freezer because I like it really cold and then, uh, you know, I, You know, it's amazing. Kids, they always feel like they're missing out on something. And this happens every single night. For those of you who are parents, you probably have a similar experience. Every time I tell my kids to go to bed, the same thing happens. It's like, (gasps) and the tears just well up, and they just start to cry. They're like, dead? As if you've asked them to, like, go live in someone else's house. You know, it's like, just, yeah, just go to bed. And they're so afraid that they're going to miss out on something that they don't know. You know, like, Owen was asking me, he's like, what do you guys do when we go to sleep? <laughs> it's like, well, you know, your mom and I talk, and we clean up the house. <laughs> You've messed up all day, and, you know, it's like, it's, uh, we, we get stuff done, and, and, uh, and so anyways, uh, not too long ago, there was one night, and uh, I sent the kids to bed because I wanted to eat key lime pie, and I didn't want to share it with them. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's bad, I know. (laughs) So I said, you know, it's time for you guys to go to bed. So they went up to bed and uh, so like once we, me and my wife, we don't hear anything anymore. So we're like, okay, come on, you know, break it out. So we're, we pull out the key lime pie. We start eating the key lime pie. We're enjoying it. And then I hear footsteps. I'm like, oh, my daughter comes down and she looks and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry about it. Go back to bed. <laughs> and she's like, you're eating key lime pie? Can I have key lime pie? And then literally I hear from upstairs, can I have key lime pie? <laughs> it's like everybody wanted key lime pie. So I'm like, no, go back to bed. You know, sometimes we think that that's how God treats us. God, why aren't you telling me? I know that there's something really good, but you're not letting me know. I know that I'm missing out on all these blessings, but you have me here in this hard thing, and this difficult thing. But you know, God's not, God's not like me. <laughs> he is giving, He is waiting for the perfect opportunity to bless us. If you're in a hard season, hold on one second, I know. Listen to this, listen to this. If you're in a hard season, let me tell you this. It's because God has something better than what is in your mind and what you want. (laughs) Amen. So sometimes we don't understand what's going on, and that's kind of where the disciples weren't here. But, you know, in order to move forward the disciples had to go to a new place and sometimes we think that God is trying to get us off his tail. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we feel like because things are hard, God is trying to lose us because he doesn't love us. But actually, that's not the case. God is creating an environment for us to have to trust him. You know, um, this passage was really hard, and as I was reading it, I was like, God, this answer, this answer that you gave to them when they asked you, that this, that when they said that this is hard, it, it's hard to understand. Listen to this. Jesus said to them, the spirit gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life, yet there are some of you who do not believe. It's like, Jesus, what do, you, what do you mean? Well, here's what Jesus was trying to say. You have to believe before revelation. Amen. You, can't, you can't say, well, God, reveal yourself to me, and then I will believe. God says, no, you believe, and that's how you get revelation. You see, look at this passage. He says that the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life, The flesh counts for nothing. This is what Jesus was saying to them. He's saying, guys, you are looking at this from your own fleshly perspective. You are looking at this and saying, this is something that's hard. We don't like it. I am saying to you, I have something better. You need to believe me. And he's saying, if you think about these things in terms of the flesh, that's the kind of answer that you're going to get, a fleshly answer. But if you think about these things in terms of the Spirit, then you're going to get a revelation. Jesus was saying, you have to believe in order to see things from the Spirit. Listen to this verse. The pers- 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. You must allow yourself to receive the Spirit. We want to understand. We want to make sense. We want everything to line up so that we can feel safe. But God is saying, I'm taking you on a much better ride, but you have to be willing to not see all the turns. Allow me to take you somewhere. You know, what I believe Jesus was basically saying, and well, actually, let me say this first. I I believe that a lot of the times, people, they say, well, I just, uh, that's fine, but I I just need a little bit. I just need to be able to see a little bit, and then I'll follow, but I don't see anything. It's completely pitch black. I don't know why Jesus would want me to follow this way. I have zero understanding of why why it's happening, but you know the thing that Jesus was saying here is he's saying, hey, guys, I, my words, they are full of the Spirit. So in other words, if you have me, you have enough of an explanation. If you have me, you have enough of an explanation. You don't need me to explain all of the ins and outs because if you believe in me, you believe in me. And you will go wherever I send you. You know, we. Um, if, you, if you see everything in advance, when you're being led by someone, if you see everything in advance, are you really being led? So I ride bike uh, sometimes. <laughs> and when you ride bike in a group, what happens is you get into a pace line, okay? You guys have seen that happen, right? And the when you're in a pace line, the purpose is one bike gets up as close as they can to the next bike and Um, the distance between the tires is sometimes only an inch or two inches. I mean, it's so close. Sometimes you even bump your tires. That's how close you get. And the reason that you get that close is because the lead guy is creating a wind tunnel for the others. He's taking the brunt of the wind and he pushes a little bit harder than everyone else for a season and then he goes to the back of the line and it's a rotation. And that's how they keep going for a long distance, okay? So, when the person in front of you is leading, it's a scary experience. Especially for the first time. Because the only thing that you can see is this person's back. You can see their back because you're so close, you don't see the cars that are ahead, you don't see anything that's going, and they have to actually point out to you things that are on the road because you can't even see the road. They say, pothole, sand, slowing, stopping, They have to give you every single direction and you're totally relying on just what you hear from them and you have to totally trust the person that's riding in in front of you. And what Jesus is saying is he's like, hey guys, if you wanna lead, then you're gonna have to be on your own. But if you wanna follow me, you gotta believe. Hallelujah. When Jesus was directing his disciples, he's like, guys, I know that you don't understand, but don't, don't, don't get tripped up. Belief comes before revelation. Belief comes before revelation. You know, we are experiencing the blessing of someone who took a step of faith and they did something that they couldn't, they couldn't fully see all the details. Pastor and Chrissy planted this church and they didn't really know anyone in Chicago. They took a step of faith. There wasn't, you know, uh, there, there was not a building on Cicero and Belmont that belonged to them. They didn't, they didn't know anything. But they knew that God was calling them, and so they went. Abraham, he was given an understanding. He said, uh, God said to him, hey, Abraham, go to a place that I will show you. How about that for direction? Okay, which place? No, I'll I'll show you. Just go. So like, do I turn left or right? Don't worry, just pick it up. Go. That's it. And the reason that Jesus does this is because Jesus is really more interested in relationship than explanations. Listen to this. From this time... Many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. You see, what Peter understood is that he says, wait. When I believe, I'm going to get a revelation. See, Peter already had a revelation. The way that that phrase is built out, it says, we have come to believe and to know. Other places in the book of John, the way that the author places it is, he says, they knew and believed. But in this passage, it's intentionally flipped. Because what John, the author, is saying is that Peter had an experience with God he had a revelation of who God was and he put his faith in God and from that moment on he had a revelation uh he he was able to follow and to understand what God was doing in the moment because he believed he saw and so what Jesus uh, excuse me what Peter is saying is he's saying hey guys what I'm doing is I don't know exactly all the details but Jesus Where are we going to go if we're not following you? You know, some of you are in a place right now where you are wondering how God could bring you through something like this and you're thinking that it's because God doesn't love you, you're thinking you're starting to doubt the goodness of God, and you might never articulate those words, but deep down in your heart, there's something inside of you that says, I just can't line up with that. My heart is offended, and I'm, and I'm keeping God at arm's distance because I can't trust him with everything. But Jesus, he's calling us out today. And I'm here to tell you that difficult circumstances are really an invitation to a more intimate relationship. You see, revelation leads to intimacy. Revelation leads to intimacy. When God brings us through something hard, it's not because he's Trying to punish us, it's because he wants us to know him. You know, you see this in life. You see this in life. When you think about um, the words here in this passage, it says that they no longer followed him, they left. What that passage, basically, the the words there that they turned back, it literally means that they went back to the things of their past life. It literally means that they went back to those things that they used to hang on to before they knew Jesus. And if we're honest, sometimes we do the same thing. You see, because if you're not holding on to the Spirit, the only other option is the flesh. And sometimes when we don't jive with the spirit, when we're not accepting what the spirit has to say, we turn to the flesh. Even for those of us who have been following God for a long time, sometimes the spirit is drawing you in. He's saying, hey, turn off turn off everything. I just wanna be with you. But we know that there's something that God is doing. He's, he's digging and we're like, ah, I think, no, I got to do this. I got a busy schedule. I got to do this. No, you know what? Let me just watch this. I've been wanting to see this. We run from the presence because we know that there's something that God wants to do, but we recognize that it costs something. And the people they did the same thing that the Israelites did in Egypt sometimes when you think about the things in the past you can glorify them you know well you know man it used to be so good before i was following jesus man i was happy i had lots of friends you know we were able to hang out and and i was able to do whatever i wanted and, and i didn't have to have i wasn't lonely and all these different things and all these different you you look back and you glorify the past. And you know, the, the Israelites did that when they came out of Egypt. They looked back to Egypt and they said, Moses, man, we miss it. We used to have onions and leeks. But they forgot that there was chains and whips. You see, if you don't follow Jesus, the only other option is to go to what you had before you were saved. You talk about a miserable person, let me tell you the most miserable person on the planet. You know who it is? I don't know if it's the unbeliever, uh, maybe, but in my, the way that I see it, one of the most miserable people is a believer who's living like an unbeliever. Because when someone, they've experienced, they've tasted the goodness of God and then they're walking away from that, they, they, they they can't even enjoy sin. They can't enjoy anything. This is like, man, this is just bad. It's miserable. And sometimes that's what we do. We go back to the things before we knew Jesus. But, you know, Jesus was really giving an invitation. And I believe that what Jesus was doing was he's trying to say, hey, look, let's go through something hard together. I know that what I'm saying is hard, guys, but you're not gonna leave me too, are you? You're not gonna leave me when it's hard. I believe that Jesus was setting up this moment because he's saying, hey, I wanna know. Are you going to follow me just when you're blessed and just when it's easy? Are you going to be joyful in the Lord only when you're being blessed? Or are you going to allow things that are difficult and hard to change your perspective and cause you to walk away from God and shake your fist at God? Or are you going to say, no, I'm in a relationship? You know, sometimes in relationships, I don't know if you've noticed this, but Relationships that are easy are most of the time shallow. Relationships that are good, that are solid, that are intimate, those relationships experience seasons of real hard times. If it's valuable, it's costly. Jesus is saying, Hey, I want you to come closer. You know, I grew, up, I grew up around the military, and I had the honor of being able to talk to a lot of people that had fought in battle. And what I, what I realized is that there is a unique brotherhood and connection that, that people who have served in action together experience. And the reason is is because they literally risk their life for each other, and they face death together. And so what happens is when people are in those extreme circumstances, nobody says, you know what, I think I want to go to battle today. <laughs> but the people that walk out of the military, what I've seen is that the connection that they have with those people is, is um, it's, it's unbreakable. Because hard times bring deep times. What Jesus is asking of you, he's not asking you to just receive punishment. That's not what he's asking. Jesus is giving you an invitation to go deeper. He's not trying to get you out of his life. He wants you more of him in your life. And he knows if you don't go through the things that you need to go through, the difficult times, the challenging times, you'll never experience the glory that he wants you to experience. You have to walk through the pain, you have to walk through the struggle in order to be able to walk in glory. Listen to this verse, Ephesians 1:17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Is that your prayer today? Do you want to know him better? Do you want to say, God, whatever it costs, I want more of you. It's a scary prayer to pray. But let me tell you this. God is good. He doesn't waste any experiences. He doesn't waste any trauma. He doesn't waste any hurt. And God, I believe today, this morning, he's getting a hold of some of your hearts, because you've been putting God at arm's length. Maybe even some of you thought about walking away because it's so hard. You couldn't, the, the weight of your issues and your problems and the difficulty of them, it's causing you to start to question. Let me tell you today, don't take it as an insult, take it as an invitation. Take it as something that God is saying, I want more and I want to give you more. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I just want to sing this song it's a it's the perfect song for us because you know the way that you get a revelation is you just you're with God you go wherever he goes you're following him wherever he goes and so sometimes what you have to do is in hard times you have to press in. You got to press into God. Press into his presence. Press into his character. Are you under not understanding things? Get into your word. Are you not experiencing what you thought you should? Pray. Seek the Lord. Allow him to come and minister to you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing this song together. The more I seek you. Make this your prayer. The more more out. Right now is just a moment between you and God. This is a moment where we are here and we stand before God and no matter the problem, no matter the issue, no matter the situation, I want to encourage you, don't think about the pain of the situation. Think about the glory of his face. Press into the presence of God. Sometimes I just like to think, I just say, God, I just want to see you. I just want to be close to you and I just, I, I strip my mind of all other thoughts other than him. And can I, can we just take a moment, we have a couple minutes here, I just want to just press in and say, God, we want to see you, we want a revelation of who you are. Lord, the problems and the circumstances won't keep us from going to you. It will actually enable us to go deeper with you. So come on, let's sing this with all of our hearts. With everything that you have, just press into God and say, God, we want more. We want more. I want to sit. Hallelujah. I want to at your feet. Drink from the cup of tea. You've been grumbling because of the difficulty, how hard things are, and God is here and He's not angry, He's not mad, He just wants you to know that you need a fresh revelation. And if you're here today and you've been upset, you've been put God at a distance, and maybe you've been in, around the things of God, but your relationship with God has been put on hold, and you haven't grown in your walk with Him because you've been upset, you've been offended. Today, I believe that God just wants to release you from that offense. He wants to release you into a fresh revelation of His goodness and His glory. I believe that today's message was a prophetic message for some of you to know that Jesus is revealing himself to you even though you're in the middle of difficulty and you're not happy about it. So come on, just everyone in the room, just lift up your hands. Jesus, we just release, oh God, together we release, oh God, all bitterness. Oh God, we release, we ask for forgiveness, oh God, for grumbling against you, oh God. We want to be a people who willingly follow their Father. We want to be a people, oh God, who are surrendered through the good times and through the hard times. We want to be a people, oh God, Lord, who are willing to lay down their lives because we are willing to see it for the relationship, for the glory of what we will see, oh God. And Lord, I just pray, oh God, when the enemy comes against us and tries to put a spirit of bitterness and anger and frustration, I pray that we would just push that away and we'd say, no, we just want more of Jesus. We just want a deeper walk with you, oh God. Hallelujah. Grab the hand of the person next to you. We're going to pray, everyone, to the right and to the left, I want you to pray, God, Give them a revelation of your glory. Give them a new, oh God, vision of who you are. Come on, pray with all your heart. Pray blessing over them. Pray that they would see the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We ask, oh God, for a revelation of your glory. Lord, we can't follow you unless we have a revelation of who you are. We want to know you deeper. We want to know you more intimately. We want to know you in a new place, oh God. We want to go to the next place, no matter what it costs. Take us deeper into you. to press into you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for revelations of your glory. Oh God, as we read your word, reveal yourself. As we go to pray to you, oh God, reveal yourself, oh Lord. We pray, oh God, for new revelations, oh God, new insights. And peace, oh God, peace in the midst of the storm so that we can follow you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've been faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, let's sing together. You've been faithful. you in-